they exist? Do not be deceived, there are tares sown among the wheat. There is no deception so well hidden in plain sight than the agenda of the troglodyte. They aim to erase human dominion of the earth and claim it for their own abuse. Yo, what's up? Welcome back to another DadCast. I'm a dad. You're a dad. We're all dads, and we're here to talk about... I don't know. We're here to talk about cool stuff. Still, You're winging it, huh? Yeah, we're, you're going to have to get a little closer to the mic. I'm sorry, dog. Yeah. I'm sorry, dad. Dog dad. Dog dad. You are a dog dad. I'm a dog dad. I could put a couple more. Do, do your thing. Guys, uh, it's been... You may have heard us every other week talking about... There we go. Talking about the... Love that. You, you may have heard us every other week talking about um, parenting, but in reality, we, my dad and I have not sat down and done a dad cast for a minute. Right. In, yeah. in your language, it means a while? Yeah. Okay. Or like 60 seconds. You know how it is. <laughs> um, so we got spaghetti today, and I was like, dude, let's podcast. Cool. And uh, you didn't have any beers, so I'm pretty sad about that, but I came prepared. I made you your first martini. I've never had a martini, and I am 61. Mm. You got a compliment from Joe the other day. He's like, you're 61? I thought you were 50-something. Ooh. I'm like, Joe. Thanks, dog. Yeah. Thanks, homie. That's pretty so, nice. So though. should I try it? Yeah, go for it. You might not like it, but that's okay. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> good uh, good stuff man um, yeah a lot, of, a lot of good things happening a lot of new things happening in 2024 martinis and yeah. podcasts and preaching and all that fun how stuff how long before I slur my words by the end of the podcast no 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 no. you should be fine it's not that what What makes it smoother the vermouth, vermouth? I have no Smooth clue it yeah it's chin and vermouth that's all it is it's alcohol mixed with alcohol. And Maybe the good. olive does it. Yeah, a dirty martini is a dirty martini is when you um, take olive juice, like the brine. The brine. Uh huh. Put it in there. Hmm. Yeah. But enough of that, guys. This is the Dadcast where we talk about weird and wonderful things in the Bible. It's really kind of open ended. Wow. Parenting. Yeah. The Bible, weird and wonderful things, spiritual stuff. And um, usually you come prepared with a whole bunch of things to talk about. I know. About. This is, I'm a little. I, I came at you out right of nowhere. I am like, I don't know what, what are we talking about. Right, but that's the fun, that's the fun thing. Don't you, you know like. me, I don't like fun. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Uh, don't you like going into a conversation not knowing where it's going to end? I'm just kind of like. Whoa. You do. <laughs> yeah, I do. I actually really do like that. No, I have, I have to do that every day because I'm. Even though you live in the real world, <laughs> yeah, I may be more introvert, but I'm I have to be an extra extrovert at work because people I need to talk to people and have I care about I care about them, you know. Yeah. So I talk about whatever comes to. Yeah, I've been in situations where I do all the talking to ask the person questions to see, yeah, because I've been on the other end where I could sit there and not say anything, hmm. and that makes some people uncomfortable. So now I 
try to ramp it up a bit. Get to know them. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's it's uh, yeah. I'm used to talking. <laughs> Pretty good at it sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes I talk too much. It's the being quiet part. That's I'm actually not too bad at that either. I can be quiet when I need to. Depends on the people you're around. I live. Someone's like, um, got all the energy, and they're gonna. They kind of like fill the room. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. They're they're. I just let them go for it. It's fine. I like to kind of sit back and listen sometimes. And mentally, I'm like, ah, oh, probably would say this or what. I could interject here. So then I'll get in and say whatever. But you don't gotta be the star in every conversation. People don't like that. Actually, you can right. see that. When um, someone always brings the conversation right back to them. Yes. Like, oh, that's not nice. I was trying to talk about something and now we're talking about you again. That's all we've talked about. So just interesting to kind of, conversations are fascinating, but that's not what we're here for. We're here to talk about the Bible, which is a bunch of conversations in there. There are tons. Yeah. There are tons. And, you know, just like the introduction... Um, what about the troglodytes? Right. Someone asked me about that. Like, what is a troglodyte? Do you want to just Quite explain? A cave dweller. Basically, it has to do with the certain Nephilim type things that live underground or in the in caves and stuff. Hmm. So, yeah. There's levels to the Nephilim, huh? That's yeah. what you're saying. I guess I've. So there's like Nephilim that were Lord King Kings, would you say? Like leaders of places. And then there's Nephilim who were living underground, right? Yeah, I don't know. Like it's there's it's, levels to that. It's a little deeper than what I've gone into, but some people some people study that out quite a bit. Like angelology. Angelology, mm-hmm. Nephilimology or something. Or demonology. Demonology, or, yeah. Do you feel like <clears throat> that can get you kind of caught up in things where you just pursuing that and not focused on the Bible? It can, it can, but I think, um, our American church has X'd it out so much. X'd it out. Yeah. They're not, there are patterns. You know how, I don't know if you remember this one. Okay. You got me talking on something now. Go for it. I don't know. I did the sermon like five years ago where we were talking about some weird things that happened. I think when, Jesus was talking to um, Moses and Elijah mm-hmm. on the Mount of Transfiguration, and Mount then Horm- I went back and talked to Mount about, Hermon. Mount Hermon. Yeah. Well, the Bible doesn't say Mount Hermon, but I think that's where it was. So. Yeah. Um, some people say Mount Tabor, but um, nonetheless, he he's meeting Moses and Elijah, and the, and that I I did a I had a string. Okay. Oh, well. Yeah. Yep. And you're like, you twisted it. It was the when we were doing it in the smaller room. I remember this. Yeah, because I don't Cause think you brought me up to do the demonstration. I came up for the string. Yeah. Go for I, it. Yeah, Keep yeah, going. Because history doesn't repeat, but it does. I think Mark Twain said it doesn't doesn't repeat, but it sure seems to rhyme. He said something like that. Mm-hmm. But... um yeah, I, I was like wondering. In the, my hypothesis was, I, I just see things linear. I put things on a timeline, a, a straight line. If you can imagine a rope, right? And then put and I put paper clips on it or something or right something clips on it. Like here's when uh, Moses was talking to God on Mount Sinai, and I put right. a, pa- a 
yeah. a close clip there. And then when close Elijah pin. closed, close pin. Yeah, just clipped it. Clipped yep. it here. And then you're like, then a couple hundred years pass and then clip it here. And this is where yeah, Elijah This did. is where Elijah's talking. A couple of years pass. This is, you know, when is, the exile, 400 years of silence. Yep. A couple of years pass. Here's this. And so you're just like, here's the chronological yes. follow of the timeline. It, but you clipped how, it. Right. Most people look at it. I need right. to see things like that to understand it, right? Right. But I said, what if God views time because he's above time? He's not in time. Right. Um, what mm-hmm. if he views it like a spiral? And so then I took the rope because it was... Stretched out straight. Stretched out straight so you could see from... One side to the other. So yeah. yeah. And then you, if you were to put a part of it on the ground and then spiral, spiral it around on top of itself, those events, I made those paperclip or close those pins, pins yep, the touch clips. each other. So what if Elijah and Moses were talking to Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration at the same time that they were seeing him face to face? Yeah, what if they all three happened simultaneously, but yeah. individually throughout the timeline? Yeah. Yeah. Which Wild. I don't know, but. Yeah. So. It's a fun yeah. way to think about things. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like the, you know, Jesus is the second person of the Trinity. He was born, he was born of God or begotten of God. Well, mm-hmm. you know, like, well, that means he has a, he had a beginning. Well, no, if God is eternal, then God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit had no beginning, and yet Jesus is begotten of the Father. It's just, it's, I, how, do, how do I get... But if you're talking about a being that's outside of time, that's eternal, how, how do you explain that? Hmm. So. <laughs> Something. That's, yeah. that's wild. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, the original question was, like, um, talking a little bit about demonology and angel angelology and kind of the spiritualology of things. Oh, you mean somebody was asking what a troglodyte is? Yeah. That's, yeah, we got into that tra- a little bit. Cave, yeah, cave dwellers. Quite, I cave think dweller. they are, might be like the giant of Kandahar or something like that. Okay. But is I that in the Bible? Giant no, no, that's, that's recent. No. Oh, what's giant of Kandahar? Giant of Kandahar. It, some call it a conspiracy, but um, over in Afghanistan, they're rugged. You, you mean desert. Babylon? Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. Yeah, and so supposedly uh, over in Babylon, Marines, they found a... yeah, they got this giant. This giant came out of a cave and he killed some Marines, and then they put him down. No took way. the body away. Yeah, there's a whole conspiracy about it. No way. Yeah, That's I've listened crazy. to some. I listened to a Marine that supposedly was. He's like, I don't care what the government thinks of me anymore. <laughs> he gave yeah. a testimony of it. I, I can't say that it's true or not, but. It's wild that we're still fighting in Babylon, fighting over Babylon. Like, isn't it wild that a lot of the, there's just something about that specific area that seems to empires go and yeah, um, kind of sucked in there and mm-hmm. try to run it. It's mm-hmm. very fascinating. There's, there's just, it gets weird, man. Uh, I've been reading the Gilead, no, the Epic of Gilgamesh. Oh, the poems, the yeah. five the five poems, and Gilgamesh is really fascinating. He's a giant. Yeah, he is a giant, but he's two thirds divine, mm-hmm. one third human. Yeah, you know where that comes from. Yeah, Nephilim, right? Wouldn't you say that's probably Nephilim? Well, that's what 
Sounds like to me a little from bit. From my unstudied understanding, is yeah, yeah, it's a Nephilim. But um, the reason you get uh, two-thirds God and one-third human is because uh, a human king who is occultically connected to a god, mm-hmm. a fallen entity, has ritual sex, basically, with with uh, probably a like shrine a prostitute. Oracle or... Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and then the baby that's born from that. So you've got a Nephilim... Inhabiting a, a Nephilim, human. A, a disembodied spirit, fallen entity, whether an angel or a Nephilim, which, remember, there's a difference. Yeah. Um, inhabiting a human. Inhabiting a connect- human. Yep. So they're both, quote, divine, right? Because they're both... Because the king has divine presence in him inhabited by the you know mm-hmm. the fallen entity that's inside of him so you've got a fallen entity and a king that's they would call divine and a human woman so you have one third human two two parts divine hmm. and you're trying to create a the next uh, leader ruler yeah whatever yeah well you know um yeah so i've been that that was really fascinating is reading a little bit about gilgamesh and when you look at him there's like a yin to his yang if that makes sense there's gilgamesh and then his counterpart forget what the name is but um so it's the end but he is like this wild is it enlil or enkidu or something like that yeah enkidu i think that sounds about right enkid or something like that enkin i don't remember okay but he's a wild beast pure okay human and then gets seduced by a temple prostitute and Gilgamesh does? No, no, no. Oh, the beast does. Uh huh. It's a human. Oh, it's a human. It's a chimera. A no, no, no. Part it's human, a part beast. It's a human that is just lives with the beasts. Doesn't oh. realize that there's civilization. Okay. And just runs with the beasts. Uh-huh. But is a very strong human. Yep. Right. But it's they call him a human. I mean, he could be chimera. I don't know. But mm-hmm. um, he was put there to be his counterpart for Gilgamesh. So then. There's a this, like were they enemies or friends? They're enemies at the start, and then they become friends. Uh, they like fight, uh, and then it's every time Gilgamesh is doing something evil, his counterpart's pulling him towards good. Oh, and they they're like pulling each other. It's this uh, okay. it's this like tug as they yeah. go through life. Yeah, and they overcome things and do things and stuff. They go on quests. Mm-hmm. Yeah, huh. so it's just kind of interesting. But what's really fascinating is they talk about this is after the flood. So they talk about the great flood that um, it's mentioned in the yeah, text. Right. And this is the first civilization after that. Oh, uh, okay. Which, I mean. Interesting. Yeah. Because, yeah, the flood story is in d- everywhere. Mm-hmm. But it was the first time in the 1800s when they found this poem of Gilgamesh. Epic that, of Gilgamesh. Epic of Gilgamesh that um, had a text older than the Bible that mentioned the flood, which then was like, oh yeah, the flood was real. It was like authentic sources that, instead of myths. Yeah, we can't trust the Bible saying it's right. real, but if, if if this legend yeah from fallen entities is saying there's a flood, yeah, then it's real. Yeah. You can so, tell the sarcasm there, but... Yeah. Just and, and kind of fascinating to see that. It's, it's interesting because every time you see gods in... Uh, just the whole 
scheme of things in the ancient world, the God would have a positive side and a negative side. Mm-hmm. Like here, his positive attributes. If you worship this God, if you're part of this God, you get these all good things. But then here's all the negatives that come with it, mm-hmm. whether you realize it or not. That's just part of the nature. Mm-hmm. And um, it's really nice to know that you can serve a God that just there's a lot of positives, and even the negatives are positives. Like mm-hmm. Yahweh is a lot of positives, and like yeah, there will be discipline and suffering, but it's going to be not because. Um, it's not going to be a negative in your life. In the end, it'll be a net positive. Right. And so kind of, kind of refreshing to see that a little bit. Yeah. So the, the, you just made me think of something as, I mean, Paul and the apostles were dealing with, as they moved from just preaching to Jews and then moved out into the world to preach to Gentiles, especially Paul knew he had to, let Gentiles know that um, the God that he served, Yahweh, let's call him Yahweh, was the supreme God above all other gods, and he was different. Mm-hmm. So, so he's, you know, because Paul sees himself as bringing, and the apostles bringing the nations back to the true God, right? That's that was what Israel was supposed to do the whole yeah, time, right? Period. So, yeah. so that's what Paul. But in our day, uh I'm having me just not it's not just me in my small little area that I work in work, work spiritually in but there are people that are trying to explain to American Christians that they've been American Christianity has been trained that the uh, gods of the surrounding nations around Israel were all fake they were just some a story that was made up and what I'm trying to tell people is no these were gods small g gods fallen angels brilliant, intelligent, powerful, and they were real. Yeah. Because we've been told for a couple of centuries, I guess, that, you know, no it, was just, it was just made up, you know. Was that so. because of Darwin, do you think? Um, was it like a reaction to... Yeah, maybe rational. I, I, I haven't studied this, so I'm just guessing maybe our rationalism, you know, putting away the all the supernatural. Also, the um, the German theologians in the 1800s were pretty detrimental to Christianity, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. Were very rational and very... Believing they had reached the pinnacle of... of uh, Enlightenment. Of their great yeah. intellectual biblical knowledge. And, um, and, yeah, and becoming pretty much anti-biblical... <laughs> anti-Christian, anti-moral, good, yeah, yeah, hmm. just yeah, just pretty slimy. That's another, I mean, pattern you see throughout history of. I, mean, I think yeah. there's been times of the Catholic Church got to the intellectual peak and it's just completely denied Christ, right? Well, maybe not I don't at that level, but you know, I mean, certain leaders maybe, but I, yeah, I, yeah, I always, yeah, I have to be careful because I was preaching last Sunday. I have to was kind of going off on some certain denominations and we, we all have. Yeah. It's easy to put fingers. Yeah. We, yeah. Protestants too. There's things anyways. So yeah. Lots of things. Yeah. The, yeah. It's unfair. Catholic's easy. Cause it's just one. 
So yeah. You like, oh, this then you like process well. Because I've studied yeah. these processes. These when you processes. study church history, uh, there's some pretty dark popes, really yeah. bad. Yeah. But that doesn't mean the Catholics. The Catholics are that way. So. Well, yeah. Yeah. I always want to determine, or it's it's easy to generalize, but then I have to pull back and go, yeah, there's wonderful, godly Christian Catholics. Mm-hmm. But, there are. But yeah. there's some real nasty. They're really cool. Uh, yeah, leadership. Not met the nasty ones. I met the cool ones. Yeah, the cool ones. Yeah. <laughs> well, you got and, 1. And, 7. and that's in every every denomination. So oh, for that, sure. That, anyways. Yeah, they're really cool Amish people. Yeah. I mean, there's really cool Mormons. I mean, any type of. There's cool Muslims. I mean, it doesn't matter what. There's cool Russians. Yeah. There's cool Chinese. Yeah. You can get in any group. There's cool people. You can demonize it. There's cool Mexicans. You know what I mean? Yep. There's cool nymphs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. There's some not cool ones. I can name you those too. But yeah, yeah, okay. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. It's just, in, yeah. So I've been reading that, which has been pretty fascinating. Epic of Gilgamesh. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you going to read the Bale cycle? I haven't. Should I? The Bale cycle. I was thinking about doing mm-hmm. the Iliad or the Odyssey next. Oh, I think those would be really fascinating to us. Mm-hmm. You have those right there. So I might I've never read them, snag, even though they're sitting here in the bookshelf. Yeah, I thought that would be kind of fascinating to read those as well, just to kind of like peruse and and look at it from more of a what if this is real instead of, um, or like what if some of it's real and it's instead of it's just a myth. So I'm reading Gilgamesh as, okay, well, what if this was like a legit? Like there was maybe a Gilgamesh, a real Gilgamesh. Yeah, and some of this stuff yeah. is legit. I mean, I wouldn't say 100% for right, sure. Right. I think it's like a, when you read any book, it's, I'm going to read it as a fictional book, but I want to read it as like, oh, maybe this was based off a story. Any, mm-hmm. any movie you watch, you're not watch, they're hyping it up mm-hmm. to make it entertaining. Right. You know, I'm not watching the actual literal day-to-day life of this person's life. Yeah. Even reality TV, right, isn't real, but some right. of it's kind of real. Right. So I feel like that's what the epic of Gilgamesh is, is there's, if I view it from like, oh, this could be based on something, it's cool. Instead of like, oh, this is Narnia, instead of, oh, right. this is just the... Well, if Gilgamesh was born of occultic ritual stuff, there's probably then there. there's some power in him, Yeah. you know. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the, yeah, okay. Yeah. Go for it. What are you going to say? I was going to say the, I was listening to the bail cycle on a, just a, a like a 30 minute over, overview of it. Cause mm-hmm. that's easier for me than reading. Getting into it. Yeah. Give me the cliff notes. Yeah. And, and there's so much of it that they haven't been able to translate or has been, is missing, but they were given the gist of it. And I, it's important to understand because Israel was always dealing with Baal worship. And ba- I mean, Baal isn't necessarily one person. Baal means Lord or mm-hmm. master. So you, you could, could use it as a good term. Yeah. But um, you might have Baal, Baal Hermon, the god of Mount Hermon, or Baal, mm-hmm. you know, or what Baal's above, god of the flies, or, mm. or whatever, or Lord of the flies. Which, uh, anyways, I don't want to go that rabbit hole. But anyways, the Baal cycle is where Baal is like the son of a of a supreme god, and I forget if it's is L. It L. Yeah, it might L's. be L. If it's Mesopotamian, right? It's yeah, probably I think L. It's Mesopotamian. Yeah, so L was the first. It was like their creator god. Yeah, but this creator god shows up in other cultures. Yeah, as a different name. He's Ra in 
in Egypt, mm-hmm. probably Ra. So, yeah. anyways, yeah, because Ra creates everything else. Okay, Ra is like the father. Gotcha. Yeah, which is really interesting. Which is the second? It's the second. Um, the la- second, the last plague is Ra. Oh, is the, the sun? Plagues. Sun gets blocked out for three yeah. days, and then they kill the Pharaoh, which is their like supreme god. It's yeah. pretty fascinating. You know, oh, the, the you mean the Pharaoh's um, firstborn son? Yeah. Oh. That is the next deity. That's the next, that's the supreme God. So whatever the Pharaoh believes, their whole culture has to believe. So it, Ra was believed for a long time, but then it switches at times depending on what the Pharaoh decides. Gotcha. Because Pharaoh is the he God is, in the flesh. He is They're, a hypostasis of the God that he serves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so Ra's, yeah. Ra's like the creator, but he's not as powerful as the Pharaoh. It's just fascinating. Oh, really? In, I, wouldn't, in Ra, Egyptian. wouldn't Ra be more powerful than the Pharaoh himself? Because Pharaoh I would, would think be so. a, like a I vessel. I would think so. But at times, the, the whole Egyptian culture decided not to worship Pharaoh and worship a different god. That was their supreme god. Hmm. Now, in the mythology, Ra is still the one that created them all. Mm-hmm. But they're like, oh, this god's the most powerful. So it can shift. And it's depending on what the Pharaoh decides. Because the Pharaoh is their god in the flesh. Hmm. Which is pretty fascinating. So interesting. Yeah. Well, anyways, the Baal cycle. I want to learn that because Baal, um, pretty much knocked down his father, and then took over. Oh. Uh, and he he took on the Yam, which is the god of the seas and rivers, and he took on. He, anyways, he he uh, he's like a superhero, takes over. But the Bible is dealing with Baal, and so the uh, so you're gonna when you begin to see that you're gonna see times in the Bible where they're they're knocking down who Baal is, mm. like like in the Baal cycle, he's the superhero. But in the Bible, <laughs> they, it's the reverse. They, yeah, they they, they just you know like when Elijah. Uh, confronts the or um, Gideon doesn't he knock down the Asherah then tear down the Baal yeah Elijah goes up yeah yeah, a lot Elijah goes up against him on Mount Hmm. what mountain was he on Carmel yeah yeah so the Baal cycle was written in Mesopotamian I don't uh, it might be it's really old it might be Ugaritic or it might be they haven't figured out I'm I'm sorry no well they have so we told again, AI, again, AI gets in there. I've only listened to it today, so I don't yeah. have the. Uh, they they have different stories of Baal from different places, so not all they may not all agree with each other, uh, and from different times, and and a lot of it has been um, like part portions of it you can't read because it's been messed messed up or the tablets were oh, yeah. corrupted or yeah. something. You know, chipped away here, chipped away and stuff. So, so you yeah. get parts of the story and you have to try to put it together. It together. I bet yeah. they got a backlog of stuff too. So I mean, they've uncovered so much. Yeah, and he's really interested in it. You know, just us nerds. <laughs> in some ways. Yeah. Wow. Well, I'm. Yeah. Yeah, you're interested. in I'm it. interested in, it, but I don't want to learn ancient. You know. Yeah. Languages to try to figure. Yeah. Yeah, I, might, I could probably oh. get a grant to go to school to learn it, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to, come on, man. You love working in RVs. Why would you ever want to do that? <laughs> so what's the point of that? Yeah. Yeah. I, w- I was, um, I'll listen to like mythology of 
Egypt or mythology of Mesopotamia, different things like that. It gets real deep and complex after a while. Yeah. Um, Start to lose track. I do. Well, it's like you've got your heart, and it's the same with Greek and Roman. Mm-hmm. You got your high level ones, the ones who are the first, and then they have others. Yep. And then the other ones have others, and the other ones have others, and it just it just starts to spread, kind of like denominations from there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's it, I think that's it's. Yeah, it's the same in the Hindu culture. You know, they've got multiple different deities, and they've got hierarchies of deities. I mean, it's you see that over and over and over again, and um, it's just really interesting that, uh, um, yeah, you see the same pattern. And people in those cultures would worship a number of them because they wanted the the good from those things. Again, there's a negative side effect from those things too. Mm-hmm. So you get both, but um, they really were focused on. Uh, but at, at that, at, at some point, if you're in that culture, how, how many gods do you need to know of? How complex is it? Mm-hmm. How much are you giving up? And you know, it's like this really fine, complex game of of pros that you get from them, but then the negatives because you have to sacrifice stuff for it. It gets like overwhelming. In some ways, mm-hmm. you know, and you're like, and that, especially when you have 1,400 different deities that you can choose from mm-hmm. to interact with, mm-hmm. you know. I, 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 it's like there probably are so many of those deities out there that people are interacting with daily that they're not aware of. Like they probably are out there. Like when you're doing something, you, mm-hmm. you're kind of giving homage to them. But how much easier is it if it's just one deity? It just makes my life a lot more simple. It's way more in depth, but I don't have to yeah. learn about 1400 to really understand the scope of how to get ultimate power. And it's not even ultimate power at that point. Yeah. It's just what works in your life to get you to move towards a direction. Yeah. And the overarching theme, and I have not studied every, every mythology. I don't really have time to do that, but, yeah. um, it seems to me that what you're always doing is trying to get the right incantation or the right sacrifice or the right, but to get that God to do what you want it to do. Right. Whereas Christianity, we serve a God who can't be manipulated and he won't do what we tell him. Right. But he does want a relationship with us. Right. And through him, you can have ultimate power. Like you're doing all the sacrifices now to get this God to do what you want him to do, but through Christ in his authority, and if he wants you to do it, you could tell that God to go move a mountain. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? To move a literal mountain. I believe you could do that. So it's like, I mean, yeah. it's just a little bit more. I mean, it's a little bit more. Uh, yeah, you, you have to be, you have to surrender yourself. But you're surrounding yourself also when you're trying to do the right thing to get this incantation to have this God do that. But with 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 Yahweh, it's a lot harder or easier. I don't know. Easier. You know, it's you can't make Yahweh do what you want him to do. No. And so you have to like, all right, I'm I'm submitting myself to you, which then is like release. Where in the other thing, it's like, all right, I'm doing these things to control. 
Yes. That's where that's hard yeah. to give that up. But yeah. when you surrender yourself, you almost have control over everything else through him in a way. Not that you're going after. Like if you step outside of his authority, I think you're on your own. And I wouldn't want to go up against something without God's authority. But with you, he's like, hey, go over here and do this. You see that with different individuals through the Bible all the time where they go in and they just like decimate spiritually the whole plane. Mm -hmm. These people are like, yo, we can make our gods, you know, you see Moses roll in. We can make the Nile turn red. We can make frogs. We can turn our stabs in the snakes on the lesser deities because they knew those incantations. But then once it gets to things with like the plagues and the hail and the sun and all the stuff, they're like, what is going, they are moving our gods around and just playing them like a fiddle where we can't even get them to like move an inch. Like there was just ultimate authority in Moses and Aaron. It was that they had no clue how to like react. They're like, we, we don't have magic for this. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, all right, God, what do you want us to do? I mean, they were like, just interesting. It's really interesting to see it from that perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, it's much harder, I think, in different and easier in the same way. It's way complex. But, right. Yeah. So what, I mean, I don't, I might be going off on a different tangent, but what, what I want for our family is to realize um, where our, where our culture's at and where we're supposed to be going. And we're, we're supposed to, our family is supposed to understand that Yahweh is the one supreme God who we cannot manipulate, but he loves us. So he does want to have a relationship with us. Um, but also getting back to that idea about how time, the timeline is more like a spiral and we seem to be moving back in, let's, let's put it this way for maybe several centuries. We've been moved away from the supernatural realm and we believe we're the pinnacle, you know, culture believes it's really super smart and we're just the best. And, uh, I think our societies are beginning to go back away from like an atheistic, logical, rational idea, idealism, and they're moving into spiritualism again. But we, we need to know who we belong to. And these, the, the whole thing with Nephilim and stuff like that is going to reoccur, I think. Hmm. Maybe not in my lifetime, I don't know. Not that we have to be afraid of it, but you, you get what I'm saying? There's something going, there's a whole shift going on in America and the world, it seems like. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So there's there's something going on and we need to really know who our God is and how we serve him. You know, just think of Nephilim type beings show up again, <laughs> or you know, or giants or whatever. What if that occurs again? What do you do? Yeah. Because again, history doesn't repeat, but it right. seems it rhymes. It comes back. Mm-hmm. So, and that comes back in the Revelation. You see these chimeras and these amazing evil beasts and stuff, right? You know. I mean, I don't think, I don't think it's just, uh, what do you call it, um, symbolism. I think there's something real about those things too. Yeah, they're those both beasts. and yeah. can be both symbols yeah. and real. Yeah, it makes it fun to read. 
Ooh, yeah. this is weird. But I, we don't want to be afraid either. Yeah. Some, so many people are afraid of the beginning of the Bible and the end of the Bible. They just want to kind of get somewhere in the middle. And But you need to know how it began and how it ends and what you got to do. That right. helps your... you know what to do now. Yeah. I don't know. I was, I'm just riffing off of an idea. But... Keep riffing, man. That's good. Yeah, what's your identity? Well, you see a lot of people right now not sure what their identity is. For that a lot. Well, we have an identity crisis as a culture. Well, I mean, that makes sense. We don't know where we began. We don't know where we're going to end. Yeah. Yeah, but we were made in the image of God, so. What did Jesus look like before he entered the space-time continuum Well, I wonder, a thousand years ago? I wonder if it's like uh, Melchizedek, right? That's one. The angel of the Lord mm-hmm. is one another. Right, wouldn't that be possibly Jesus? Well, if Adam was created in in the image of God, and it was Jesus doing the cre- I mean, it's God the Father. And I mean, how do you separate the Trinity, right? Right. But is when they when now I'm going to use human terms, but when the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit created Adam in their own image. When they're bending over, when let's say Jesus is bending over and looking at Adam and breathes into his nostrils and he he comes alive, does he look like Jesus? Mm. <laughs> when he sort of, you know, a little bit. Mm. I'm just kind of, yeah. I wonder. Wonder. Yeah, that'd be, well, he did, isn't supposedly Jesus the second Adam? Yeah. Isn't that kind yeah. of the and Paul talks about that terminology that's used? Yeah. Well, if it's like literally twins. Twinsies, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> well, and then twinning. When, after the fall, Adam changed. Yeah, and probably different. Probably. Yeah, yeah. That's really. So I don't. I don't know. Just that's one of those things that you know. How do you think about it late at night before you go to bed? Yeah. Like, how does this all work? Yeah. How does this all work? Yeah. Fascinating. Yep. Well, well, we should probably wrap it up here. Okay. I know we got good good conversations, but I heard. Uh, Baby Noah crying in the background. Oh, did she, did you? Yeah, she's ready. She's, she's ready. So ready. To, yeah, she didn't have a nap today. No, no. Well, or maybe she early. didn't have the amount of nap she usually has. Yeah, she's ready to go. Yeah, she's ready to go. Are you ready to go? I'm ready to go. Okay, folks, thanks so much for tuning in to another Dadcast. Catch you on the next one. Peace. Peace. Bye. Bye.